straight bout it I'm not pouting Break through walls and climb it mountains If you want it, scream it loud What's up superstars? Welcome to the Brain Tainment Podcast. Listen, if you're someone who wants to build more confidence within yourself, your ability to perform, to execute, to build skills, or to just feel better, or if you're someone who wants to architect a new empowering identity, this is the platform for you. Listen, we have all kinds of guests on this program from the psychology space, neuroscience, sports, as well as cultural icons and influences where we get to pick apart their story and learn a bit more about them. So be sure to subscribe. I hope you get value from this show. If you do, if you do enjoy it, please, please, please do me a favor. Put it on your socials, share it with friends and families who you think this message could help or they would enjoy. And be sure to share the love and tag me on those platforms. We'd love to get some feedback. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Okay, guys, I've just wrapped a recording with the legendary Lily. We talk all things sexual energy. And my God, this is a fucking entertaining episode and super powerful. We talk about the masculine versus feminine energies, what that looks like, how it shows up and what some of the potential challenges can be for relationships. We talk about how to harness our sexual energy, not just for our sex life, but also for business and for all arenas of life. We talk about how to work through shame. We talk about how to build self-confidence and a new narrative of ourselves using this sexual energy. So it's a very interesting conversation and I hope you enjoy. If you do, please put it up on your socials, tag me, tag Lily. Show notes will be listed below. With that said, enjoy. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to a really special episode of the Brain Tainment Podcast. I've been really excited uh, for this one, and we're going to talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Well, maybe not you and me, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Listener, of course, unless you are my girlfriend tuning in. But nonetheless, I'm joined by Zoe Swain, who is a sexuality leader, coach, embodiment practitioner, and... She's someone who works with people to to bring them more pleasure, more wisdom, aliveness into their body, relationships, career, and life. And don't know about you, but that sounds pretty fucking wonderful. So, look, I'm excited to dive into some really interesting ideas. We had a fun chat off air, so this should be really, really powerful for almost anyone tuning in. So, it's good to have you here. Welcome to the show, Zoe. Thanks, darling. I appreciate that. And also, if it's okay with you, uh, I changed my name over New Year's and I changed it to Lily. You'll see that probably on your Zoom screen. Ah, apologies. Um, no, don't even worry about it. It's super fresh. So that's that's 100% okay, but it just feels better for me. So thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on here and talking about some juicy topics. Let's do it. So... The listeners will be already somewhat familiar, but this show is ultimately about helping people build confidence in themselves, you know, develop an empowering identity of who they are and really just create more fulfillment and a more exciting fucking life. And so, you know, the conversation around sexual energy, embodiment, we'll dive into all the intricacies, but, you know, can this kind of conversation help us through those things, become more confident in ourselves, have a really good identity of who we are and how we show up and ultimately live a, a better, more enjoyable life? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I can take that so many different ways, Liam. I guess what I'd like to share straight away is that sexuality, uh, the, the kind of sexuality that I deal mostly with, with um, clients and people and friends and lovers and is the kind of sexuality that isn't 
what we know as sexuality. It's what we don't know, which is that sexual energy is life force energy. It's that which we were created from. It's that miraculous energy that can just like create miracles, right? And so when it comes down to really delving into self-discovery, this is the point. It's the center point of self-discovery because it's what we've been created from. And there's been so much closing down from all constructs in our life, whether it be religious, societal, cultural, you know, generational, everything has been told to shut that down, to shut down the conversations around it, to shut down the discovery, to shut down the authenticity of it. And because of that, it's the most powerful portal to self-discovery, to working out who we are and how we become actually authentically more confident in ourselves. Mm. So just for some context, how did you ultimately get into this space? Because, you know, I've heard you talk on different platforms and we've stayed connected off there a little bit in recent weeks. And, you know, it's a really um, powerful conversation to have. And I know for myself personally, I'm sure people listening can relate, you know, the, I guess the links between feeling like I'm really embodying that sexual energy, it really correlates to all these other areas of my life, which we'll talk about in a sec. But for you, what's your story? How do you ultimately end up, you know, feeling compelled to to dive into this work? That is such a long story. Um, I, I don't want to take up so much of your listeners' time on my own life story, but I think it is important to share a little bit of it. So I grew up in the country. I was a cowgirl. I could you know, ride before I could walk as a baby. <clears throat> we had cattle and horses, huge big cattle properties and sheep stations up in North Queensland. And um, that kind of... That was a really, you know, that was the path that I knew. But as I started to expand my path to travel in different countries and, and to meet different people, um, what, what I noticed from a very young age, and this is going to be pretty fragmented, but what I noticed from a very young age is that I was a pretty highly sexual girl and I felt as though those conversations were not welcome and there was a lot of shame that I felt in my sexuality. And I think that's very, a very normal story for women and men both. Um, and as I grew more into a, like, I mean, definitely my teenage years, I was highly sexual and ashamed of it and really ashamed of my sexuality because I felt like I was a slut and I didn't really know what to do with that because it like was great and I enjoyed it. And I was also really playing out my shadow energy, which I'm now aware of. But when you're a teenager, it's like, what even does that mean? Um, and then when I got married, I... I went through this huge, big kind of, it was 14 years of um, marriage and a lot of ups and downs as, as marriages do have. I was competing um, in the rodeo scene. I was competing Australian level for years and competed at the world. Um, and I was just feeling so deeply unfulfilled. I recognize now looking back that the reason I became so good and I won tons of Australian championships. I won at the world. I became the best in everything that I do as the only, um, my previous job was as a, a horse dentist, an equine dentist. And I was the only master dentist in the world as a woman. Um, and I became all of these things because of my incessant search 
for love and for adoration from my mother, especially. And regardless of whether she loved me or not, I made up that she didn't really love me unless I was winning. And the way that I wanted to receive love was very different to the way that she was giving love because she was trying to make me strong in a, in a man's world and it didn't feel like love to me. So that led me to like recognizing this deep unfulfillment in my life and recognizing that what my family would call depression was actually just deep like unfulfillment you know I wasn't needing medication like everyone said I wasn't now part of the group like like you're now part of the family you're finally going to go on medication yay you're one of us um I did do that for a few months and then I recognized that like this medication made me want to kill myself and I was like what the fuck is going on (laughs) this is supposed to stop me from feeling like this I felt really dead in my sexual energy I felt lifeless and felt like there was no point to life anymore and I was like what the fuck is even going on and so that popped the lid on me starting with my nutrition I became a raw food and naturopathic nutritionist and started really working with raw food I went raw vegan for like 10 years and then I started playing with that with my children and their diet and then I started getting into yoga and more conscious parenting and then it it became this like trying because all of these pieces were kind of clinking in together and it was really clunky because I was living in the country and everyone was like what the fuck are you doing you weirdo Mm -hmm. um I went from you know like I guess the I'd always been, whether it be at school or in my friendship groups, the popular girl, you know, like I was like the the leader. I, I love leading people. And um, and then people started to look at me strangely because it was like, you're doing things differently to us. And I became a little bit of the outcast, especially to my family. Um, and yeah, a lot of my friends kind of just walked the line. They were like, I don't, I don't know who you are anymore. This is triggering for me. I don't want to talk about sex with you. I don't want to, you know, I don't do yoga. I don't, I don't want to be healthy. Like, you know, th- these are my filters going on the top of this. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to save my marriage through the sexual journey because I, you know, there was a lot of porn involved in my marriage and I recognized that, like, what am I going to do about this, you know? Am I not good enough? And why? Why is there so much porn when I'm, like, I'm a pretty sexy fucking woman and I'm really, like, sexually active and alive and, like, why do I still feel like I'm not enough? And so there was just, you know, going down that route of trying to heal ourselves or trying to heal my relationship through the sexuality piece. And, um, of course, as was meant to happen, my, my marriage ended. And um, that was like about five years, five or six years ago now. Mm. Um, and here I am, I guess. <laughs> it's, um, it's a powerful story. And obviously everyone's got their own unique um, narrative and, and story. But I think there's a lot of commonalities in that. For, for women and men alike in terms of, um, you know, that sense of shame you mentioned there and that lack of fulfillment. And that's like I alluded to in, in the intro there at the top. And we talk a lot about fulfillment on this platform. And um, could you maybe just expand a bit more, I guess, what some of the ramifications are for, uh, were for you and what they might be for other people if we're not able, and then we'll talk about the intricacies in a moment, if we're not able to properly tap into and I guess own, I don't know if that's a word that you would use, but... Um, that that sexual energy and feel good about it. Like I know that lack of fulfillment, um, shame you touched on there, but what are the consequences of not taking this conversation seriously? 
So fucking many, Liam. Oh. When, <clears throat> from from what I see, like I run these events, I'm just going to give a little shameless plug here because this is going to lead to my point is I run these events here in Newcastle and Sydney, thank you, called Enlightenment in the Bedroom. And what I do is I bring in speakers who are facilitators and coaches and leaders in the realms of intimacy and relating and sexuality to, um, to share with people, like and normalize these conversations around sexuality. And what I recognize through that is so many people coming to these events and sharing that like fuck I've never shared anything around you know there's been so much shame I've never felt safe to have these conversations am I normal um you know what do I what do I do with this part of myself and in that is most of us are living out some form of shadow in our sexuality and that shadow for me i'll speak to my own experience looked like using my sexuality to control the situation i was in to control my relationship to control um my the to control love you know so it's like i would use that on a man this is when i was relating with men alone on a man to make sure that his love didn't go anywhere else right so it's like the more i would like um kind of immerse him or like uh mystify him with my sexuality the more i would know that like mm, i've got him you know and that's a shadow that's the part i didn't see it at the time although i could i was sort of subconsciously aware that like oh fuck he's running away throw some more sexuality at him you know <laughs> um and looking back now i've done so much shadow work and so much work around the masculine the feminine and wholeness in self that i can really see the parts of myself that um because what happens is when we live out that shadow <clears throat> of manipulation, this is mainly a feminine or a woman thing to, mm. to manipulate through our sex, although it does happen in men, but it's it's a very much a woman thing. We manipulate people through our sexuality and we feel <clears throat> what that does is it shuts off our authenticity because what I'm trying to do is change myself and be more overtly something to get what I want. And in doing that, I'm shutting off the part. So what that looks like, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole a little bit, is I was really feeding the patriarchal um, construct of what sex is you know, around a woman is. And so I was like, you know, doing the things that like would really, you know, seduce the the masculine in my life. Right. And that's, that's what the patriarchy is. It's like, this is a woman's role to do this. And this is how a man wants to see her. So I would fulfill that role. And it, I still have to be really aware in the pl- the places inside of my relationship where I, oh, I'm doing that thing I do, you know, um, giving away parts of myself to make sure that he's like mm, really fulfilled. And in that, when I do that, it closes off my authenticity to show up as my like dorky, weird, kind of kooky self, um, because let's be honest, that shadow, that shadow, part of me, you know, a partner who deeply loves who I am fully wants to see the kookiness. They want to see the weirdness. They want to see the awkwardness. And whilst I'm feeding the patriarchal ideas and feeding into my shadow of trying to control, it doesn't feel good for him either because he's just going to be like, this feels off. It's not real, you know? That went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's, it's, it's brought something up for me, actually. I might digress myself. And it's right. 
Um, like right. from like a, I guess, well, from a male's perspective anyway, I can relate in that, you know, there's a period of time where um, probably unsuccessfully, but I would almost leverage sexuality to control <laughs> situations as well. And, you know, here I am thinking I've got all the, all the power and no one really wanted a bar of it. But, <laughs> um, but it's interesting so to good. reflect back and see how in terms of that like um, archetype or whatever you want to call it that or that cultural norm idea of what the masculine energy would look like, I would live into that. And whilst it was kind of exciting at times, and it really was, but there was, there was something, and you mentioned authenticity in there, it was lacking, whereas... You know, I very much have a kooky side, a goofy side. Yeah. I have a playful side. I have a feminine energy. We'll talk about that in a moment as well. Um, and it's just interesting when I was able to kind of tap in and leverage both where there's like this organic place of, you know, that kind of masculine energy. And I, But it wasn't forced. And when I was able to kind of find that balance that felt authentic, it's like, firstly, my sex life was significantly more enjoyable. I felt better about myself. Um, but it, it is very interesting. I wonder if people listening can can relate to that, like, this is how I should show up in whatever situation it is, and they do. And not only is it, you know, unfulfilling in the moment at times, but it can really, you know, it can play out. And then you can, you know, for me anyway, I was among many other things and variables, but I feel like I was at a place where I'm like, something's just missing. Like, I just feel like I'm not as, ener as energetic as I would like to be. I don't feel as you know, driven or, or connected to my mission and, and things like that. And and one of those variables, I think, to some in hindsight, was um, probably just forcing myself to show up in a way and probably had the wrong understanding of my own sexual energy is how I would interpret that. So I don't know if, if that would if that would make any sense to you, my little reflection there. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes me actually really curious and want to ask you um, some questions around, you know, what what was the part is that okay to ask you a question around this yeah i'm a, I'm a pretty open book i'll just i'll just want to answer okay. it i want to <laughs> great great so you're like no thanks um what what were you shutting down were you shutting down this feminine side of yourself or like what was the piece that you had learned to shut down um yeah i think it, yeah i reckon that was it it was i've always yeah. uh, more so in recent years since i've honed, honed it a bit more but i've always been quite introspective and um quite thoughtful and I wouldn't say over analytical, but I'm, I'm often uh, considering different situations and very driven by um, how I feel and what I would articulate now with a little bit more understanding and wisdom, I guess maybe craving that deeper sense of connection and love every time. And it was so easy to get that by being, you know, um, creative with language to be, you know, to be a flirt at the bar and things like that. And, you know, um, uh, my, my physicality, my physique and things like this. It was easy ways to get a small taste of what I would shorthand to connection and love in the moment. That would be my sort of self-reflection and analysis of myself, you know, eight, 10 years ago. So that for me, I reckon was, I felt like it was better to get that momentary excitement if I just stayed in, I guess what we would shorthand to my masculine energy. Mm. yeah that's interesting <clears throat> we all do it we all look outside because it's the easiest place to get you know get, to get our needs met and also inside if we look inside and turn the sword internally um there's a lot of places in there that don't feel very good there's a you know if we're looking outside for fulfillment and i fucking spent most of my life doing this and still at times you know recognize that it's a thing if we're, if we're looking outside, that fix 
is so short-lived and it feels emptier when it's gone, you know? And when we talk about masculine and feminine energy, the masculine, both masculine and feminine, they come from love. Their essence is love. And it's in this shadow piece that we're looking for. The masculine is looking for power over. That's what the shadow of the, the like the dark masculine is looking for. We've got the light and the dark masculine. The, the, the dark masculine is looking for power over. Mm. Whereas the masculine in his, in his healthiness, the, the dark masculine is looking for, um, for, he's not looking for love as though the construct that we know as love, which is that connection piece. He's looking for world love, like for, for you know, things to work um, and to have, you know, that, that sense of love everywhere. <clears throat> and so, you know, what, what the dark masculine in his healthiness would do if he walked to the bar and, and felt a little bit insecure about himself, he would turn the sword on himself and say, what is this? What is this about? And what do I really need in this situation? Sure as hell, not her looking back at me longingly and, you know, whatever it is, um, using her energy towards me when her boyfriend's sitting over there. Ugh. And then, the the dark the sorry the the unhealthy of the dark masculine is doing the thing that you would do which is like trying to and, and it may be the light masculine for you too a little bit i think that's quite alive in you as well but the dark masculine would try and take power over her or over a situation to make himself look better so that he was um because that's what he sees as most important power over. And you see this as power struggles everywhere you go. Like women do it, men do it, we all do it. It's like it's the alpha struggle. And that's the dark mask wanting to be seen as the as the as the force, you know. And it's such a gross thing. Like we really struggle with that, I think, here in Australia in, in an everyday sense. I see it in the politics and everything in the States. But after years of living in the States, I don't think it's quite as prevalent that that really unhealthy dark mass, like putting others down, shitting all over everyone you can to get to the top, like all that sort of stuff. It's very prevalent here. And that's the dark masculine in the shadow. Yes. Um, whereas the, the the dark mask in his healthiness, you know, he'll want to wield the sword on other people, but then he'll be like, hang on. No, let's turn that internally and just, just look at this for a second. What's actually going on? Yeah. So there's, so that's one issue or one sort of reflection for myself and I guess something that may, some people may relate to in terms of, you know, over-leveraging um, situations to, to meet a need, you know, and, and, and I guess having that wrong approach mm. to their sexual energy. I'm sure there's, and this is what I want to get to with you, there's, there's also people that will be listening um, that potentially uh, are almost like a f- entirely afraid. And we mentioned shame earlier, whether that's from mm. a previous experience or like cultural norms or just relation, um, past relationships or, yeah. or parental influence. So... To that person, feminine or male or female, who potentially is almost um, not embracing it to any extent and, and shorthanding themselves of fulfillment and the level of confidence that perhaps they're craving, what are, we, what are some thoughts for that person? Because I guess specifically what I'm asking is I know people that are, you know, 25, 30, 35 years of age, some of which are in relationships and don't have they just don't have regular sex or they don't have a good, my, my outwardly, you know, I guess snapshot of that, of them anyway, is they don't have that healthy relationship with their sexual energy. Um, what are some reasons that might be and how do they 
start the practice of reconnecting to that so that one that you know their sex life is improved their relationships but then there's something we'll talk about if we get the time to how do you know they can then leverage that new newfound energy to apply to careers and what have you bit of a loaded question sorry so the first question you asked me yeah, that's okay. The first question you asked me, the first portion of the question was why, why they feel that way. And that, um, or, you know, you spoke to it a little bit, the, the idea of the parental, um, that may not be the parental. It may be the, uh, the people they look to may not have been parents, might have been aunts and uncles. Um, there's stories, there's like, you know, trauma. They, what they call trauma is not, you know, we think of trauma as a car accident or being in a war and watching all your mates get killed and that sort of thing. But trauma actually, uh, a friend of mine, Prem, Prem Kalpa, who's a psychologist, and she spoke at one of my events the other day, and she spoke that trauma is a, it's when, Trauma can be when we are young and we are not receiving love in the way we want to receive love. That is a trauma, right? So when we are, like I I see my own kids and we have these incredibly conscious conversations about, you know, my kids are, my daughter's nine, my son's 12. We have conscious conversations around periods and sexuality. Like, you know, my daughter's friends are coming to me being like, can you please talk to me about like my vagina? Like, holy shit, this is a lot. You know, you have a parent. Um, It's not really my place. But that aside, um, even my children is what I was getting to. are going to have trauma. They're going to have parts that are like, I may not have created, but they've created for themselves, right? And so we're going through life. We're living life, Liam, as little children. We're all these big bodied people as little children just cruising through life because we get to a stage and that trauma kind of stunts us and we go, it's not okay to talk about sex anymore. Like um, it might be that you know, you're, you're in your bedroom and you're, you know, playing video games and you're 12 and you've got your hand down your pants and your mum walks in and it's just like, oh, Leah, what are you doing? And immediately, immediately the trauma lands and you go like subconsciously, I, that's not okay. And I never want that again. I never want that feeling of my mum seeing me with my hand on my dick again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that stunts us. And we then stay in that age essentially through different parts so so that could be your sexual that's what you're bringing to your sexuality so every time you're with a woman you're like well fuck like I don't want her judgment because I remember what it was like to receive judgment from my mum and so I don't want to touch her in the wrong way or like what if she sees me touching myself and it triggers her like I never want to feel that again so we we carry all of these through our lives and this is the thing that like I just can't um, push home hard enough is if there is anything that doesn't feel like, oh my God, it's so expansive in my sex. If there's any part of you that doesn't feel like that, get some help. Like, you know, go and see a sex coach or, or somebody who works around sexuality just to have the conversations because simply a conversation, even I bet listening to this is going to be like, People walking away from this going, fuck, like, that's a level of freedom I haven't felt before. Even just listening to some other people talk about it. Yeah. Right. So that's the a little bit of the why, the trauma pieces. And look, there's, there's big traumas. There's, you know, people who have been, men and women who have been raped and molested and, you know, so many different things that have happened or they've seen, they've witnessed domestic violence that has been of a sexual nature, et cetera, et cetera. Again, these pieces can be healed through working with a practitioner and working with somebody to help you to embody and transmute sensation and, fr- and 
um, feelings through your body, right? Because these traumas, we stack them into our, into our system and we like, no, it's not okay to feel like that. Every time I have emotion, I'm going to shut that down. So working with somebody to help like free up your body is going to be amazing. And that's going to open up your sexuality. And then, so that's a little bit of the how we've spoken to the why it's a little bit of the how, um, I guess the, yeah, go, go, no, no, go. Well, a couple of thoughts on that that come to mind. I just want to riff on for a second. One of which is that idea of, yeah, like just listening to people actually talk about things quite openly around the sexual space. Um, but the, I, don't, I don't know if this is a fair analogy, but I feel like, you know, in the past, say, five, six, seven years, the world of mental health is getting a lot of airtime, as it should, vis-a-vis a period of time when there's a lot of stigma around anxiety, depression, things of that nature. There's a real heaviness because you were carrying that burden alone, right? Whereas a lot more cultural understanding around the importance of connecting with a professional. Now more and more people are being able to share openly and, and have you know, deeper conversations and connect with professionals and not feel ashamed about it. And, you know, people are having a lot of success from that. So that's wonderful to see. I, I feel like potentially this deeper, um, which at, at times, and admittedly I'm not um, trained in this space, but at times can be really deep-seated when it's around sexuality. Uh, I wonder if if there's an opportunity as culture starts to embrace more of this dialogue and just a, a freer approach to just exploring what's going to work, what's not, overcoming past traumas, if that'll then help, you know, so many people um, just- with, with their own narratives of like, fuck, this happened. And like you kind of touched on, um, maybe they don't even re- realise what's actually holding them back. So it'd be interesting to see how things move over the next, say, 10 years in this space because I feel like the the sexual, sensual energy is based on my little understanding and the more I sort of dive into chats with you is like I can see how it relates to so many other areas of life that people might just associate with another problem, not recognise it's maybe something we're talking about here. Yeah, and I think think on that it's it might seem a little bit further away from what you're just sharing but it, it, it really will sort of marry what I said to what you said is um <clears throat> something that I want to share for people to just go away and do for themselves from our chat because it's very easy to talk all about this and then people go cool like what now what the fuck do I do like I recognize now that I have some stuff what what do I even do with that yeah. <clears throat> my um and something I, I really do with like my my clients and anyone who enters my programs and stuff is self is self pleasure and self pleasure. When people hear that, they're going to think, okay, get my dick or my vagina and start stroking it, and that's not something that they maybe want to do or they feel will take them anywhere. But self pleasure as a practice, as a healing modality, is a bit different. Um, it can involve genital touch, but it doesn't have to. And so for me, self pleasure might look like I've had a big day and I'm feeling really exhausted and I need to replenish myself. So I'm just going to lay down on my bed and put my hands on my body man or woman doesn't matter um your gender doesn't matter here and then just breathing so using breath sound maybe a little bit of movement but definitely self-touch and just coming back into the space underneath your hands and you can let your hands move around your body you can let it be pleasurable you can take it to all sorts of places like it, it might be you know I don't, maybe I don't have a partner and I feel really alone. And so what would it feel like to, to 
what would the touch of a partner feel like if I really, you know, allowed myself to be the touchy or maybe it's a sense of like, I'm feeling really powerless at work and like I'm being taken advantage of. How do I claim my power back? So my breath becomes bigger and my, my energy becomes bigger. And I start to see myself as like, fuck man, I'm bigger than all of these, these entities, these people, this, this structure, like I've, I've got me and, and, putting on music and playing around with transmuting different kinds of energy through your body. So you can move from being completely on your fucking knees, snot rolling out of your body, just like sobbing your guts out to once you've allowed that and invited it and and really taking yourself into it to just start to move that energy into something else. And sometimes you end up in like fits of laughter, you know, it's just like, Oh my God, how does this even, and that is the beauty of the feminine is um is that if we as men can allow ourselves to feel the feminine, which has been shut down for thousands of years and told it's not okay because it's the magic, it's the, it's the magic piece. So if we can allow that to come back in and let it be chaotic and let it be wild, um, that honestly is medicine for people, just that practice of self-pleasure. Mm. That is fucking powerful, um, really powerful. And then that really ties into a very tangible way to start building that sense of, of confidence in ourselves and, and fulfillment and, and start to shift the narrative that we have of ourselves, which, you know, is so, so powerful. I wonder if what we're talking about here is in large part, you know, um, for the folks that maybe are lacking in the in sexual practice, whether it's with a partner or you know, dating or whatever their situation is, I touched on before people that I know, I'm sure you do, and the people that you connect with your clients, go extended periods of time without sex with a partner or potentially any sort of sensuality or, or practice like uh, even with themselves, we just touched on there. I wonder if maybe that's a really good insight for them when they potentially might just think that it's quote unquote, we're too busy at work or we're um, just really stressed right now or whatever it might be, these kind of more surface level reasons we can use to justify um, why we're not exploring this really, really crucial energy. Is that probably a fair assessment, do you think? Like maybe we, we put on these layers or reasons why when really there's, um, it might just be as simple as just taking the time to, you know, to, to, to reconnect and that practice is a really good way to do that. Yeah, there's a few different moving parts with that. And um, when you're in a relationship with another or others, then that that disconnection that you feel in not wanting to connect is not because of like people will say, oh, it's because we're too busy or it's because of him or her or, you know, whoever, um, because they're feeling this or they're that, blah, blah, blah. But it's always, it's always our, our desire not to connect sexually or to overtly connect sexually is because of us. And some of us use our sexual energy to mask the lack of connection we feel to ourselves. I'm definitely one of those people that like if I feel disconnected, I want to have sex. If I feel, um, you know, a lot of people will be disconnected and they won't want to have sex, but I want to, I want to like, delve in and mask it that way so it's when we come back into self-pleasure what we're doing is first of all we're cultivating our own sexual energy because essentially 
we're not here to give sex to others. We're here to cultivate this magic inside of us so that others can share it with us, right? But when I go, I'm feeling a sense of disconnection and I find self-pleasure for myself, it always heals itself. If I can allow myself to feel and to recognize and just be with whatever's there, however gross it feels, like I'm not good enough or I'm feeling this about my body or I'm too busy again and why did I get into this situation again? Or, you know, like why am I relating with a man who lives six months of the year in fucking Antarctica? Like all of these different things come into my field and so I can process them in my self-pleasure practice and that connects me back into my heart, back into my vagina, my pussy back into my whole body and then I'm whole again then I can go and decide if I want to share that energy with someone else and the the thing I was saying before is like if you want to because there's 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 so a lot of ways we can go here but I'm trying to keep it relatively simple when you've experienced relational trauma with trauma inside a relationship a lot of us will pull away out of that relationship and we will go and go and sort this out for ourselves and, and then we'll, we'll do the work we're like fuck yeah i've done the work and we get to a point where we're like i've i'm solid i'm sovereign i love myself i'm good i'm ready for a relationship and then we go into a relationship again and then relational trauma starts to show up and we go fuck it's here what the hell it's all their fault because i did all the work I, i've already done this but the thing with relational trauma is we must heal it inside a relationship that I just want everyone to kind of sit with that a little bit, because that's a really hard thing to do is to notice trauma coming up in a relationship. Like that person brings up shit for me, you know, abandonment and my sense of low self-worth or like my anxious attachment style or whatever it is, they, they're coming over the top of me and I don't want them to, or they're too overbearing or expect too much or too little. And so we want to escape from that, but we have to go into it. If you want to fucking, if you want to be a ninja at self-development work, be in a fucking relationship. Mm. That is where it's the hardest thing to, it's the hardest thing. It's the hardest place to be, right? You recognize this in, in different parts. So many, so, so many ways. Um, I want to gosh, quickly talk yeah. about the masculine and feminine, so just in that relationship lane. So the, the masculine yeah. and feminine energy, you know, everyone just, I imagine to some extent can relate in terms of like those energies clashing and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm, what I'm hearing you say and, and sort of knowing a little bit about the work you do, you know, there's not necessarily a right or wrong approach in terms of like your ratio of masculine and feminine. And of course there's a feminine energy in males and, and vice versa with women. So if people are in a relationship um, or if they're dating and they're constantly finding themselves in similar um, challenges, what are some ways to, I guess, work through that that difference of like, energies, I suppose? So, for example, for um, a woman who potentially, um, you know, it embraces parts of her femininity, but uh, she she has a real sense of of um, masculine energy as well, and whether that looks something like you know being a go getter or um, starting to incorporate more logic into the into her problem solving. I've heard you talk a little bit about before. So let's say there's parts of her that that is organic to that woman, but then she's with a guy who she may be really attracted to. She may even love and adore, but he is whether it's intimidated by that energy. 
whether he's just not as attracted to that energy. How do you reconcile that? Firstly, is there a way to do that? And if so, how do you, how do you start? So just for some clarity on the question, are you asking how, like from the sense of from him or from her, she wants to be with this man. So she wants to work on her feminine energy. Is that what you're saying? Let's, so let's use the example of um, a woman uh, or just in, in terms of just the relationship, like how do you, how do both mm. parties reconcile a situation where um, the, the male potentially is not sure what to do with the woman's more masculine energy. And if it's, if it's possible in the same, mm. same sort of um same question to look at vice versa if a woman wants a, a man to really step into his masculinity but he's expressing some femininity how does that relationship reconcile that mm. guys oh, such a good question oh, i know so good liam yeah so i mean so let's just settle into about three more hours ready <laughs> yeah so I know it's totally, this could go on for days and this is like so much of the realms of what I teach. And so I'm just r- r- trying to think like what's something we can really share in the next sort of five minutes that'll, mm. that'll give value. So when a woman is holding, um, it's a very usual situation where a woman is holding a masculine energy in the relationship and the man doesn't feel as though there's enough room for both of their masculine energies. And let's face it, men want to provide And so if they come up against a woman who is in her masculine and she's like, you need to fucking do this and I need you to do that or you're to this or you're to that, then of course he's like, well, how can I provide? And it takes away, it emasculates little pieces of him. And he's like, well, I'm still providing, I'm still making her happy. So that fulfills me, right? So that, what I would say to the man in that relationship is get away and be with other men who are healthy masculine, not the like, Fuck yeah, dude, we got trauma. Let's go and get boozed up and high on drugs. Um, I'm talking about men who get together and share their shit, whether it's in a sharing circle or they go and play sport together and they, they, they share from their heart with each other. They let themselves be seen with each other because that will cultivate a masculine energy. That's like, that's the healthy masculine. It's not, it's not this stuff around, you know, like I'm the leader of the relationship and I'm the, you know, I want to be this and I want to be that. That's the shadow masculine, which is what she's probably holding on to that shadow masculine, you know, got to do things this way. It's got to be controlled. I need to have power. I need to have control and blah, 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 feel unsafe. So I would say to him, to make sure you get out and do your thing, spend time working on cultivating your sovereignty. And for her, um, you know, because he can offer her pieces, but the thing with the woman who's holding more masculinity is the man can do fucking backflips, double, triple backflips, super big pikes and land perfectly in the pool. But if she doesn't have the awareness to work on herself, then nothing he does is going to outmask him. It's funny. Nothing – this is such a weird well, weird thing and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but there's, there's nothing. There's no amount of healthy or – and I might get attacked for this, but there's no amount of healthy or unhealthy masculine that can outmasculine a masculine woman. Mm. It's fucking weird. It's yeah. so weird, right? <laughs> so – So for her, 
it's 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 the recognizing that like oh okay i constantly because why am i doing this why am i trying to outmasculine every woman and man in the room it's because i feel unsafe that's why i'm doing it when a woman feels safe she can relax when she's not relaxed her nervous system is on high alert and she's trying to control because she needs control to feel safe so as he creates safety and again, without her self-awareness, he can create all the safety he wants and she'll just be like, nah, don't want it, don't want it, don't want it. I'm used to doing it this way. I never felt safe when I was a little girl and I will never feel safe again in my life, right? I don't trust men. I don't trust women, blah, 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 blah. So that self-awareness from her and I would say to her to get in her body every day. It's something that I have to do, Liam. I hold, you know, I'm very healthy in my masculine and feminine these days, but it doesn't mean I give myself enough time to be in my feminine. So I can get to a point where I'm like, fuck yeah, killing it. Yes, bossing life, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, fuck, when was the last time I actually like got in my body and felt like this, you know, orgasmic freedom and like, desire from a place of, you know, my heart. Um, I have to do that every day. It's like a part of, you know, my daily commitments. It's like to at least put a song on, even if I'm super busy, put a song on, get in my body, dance, touch myself, flow, breathe, sound. And so for her, I can, I, I work, this is, these are the women that I work with, these masculine fucking super babes who are just like killing it at life. Also recognizing my relationship, something needs to change, right? Um, they're the, they're the go-getters. They're the ones that have to create their own safety. And so when I get them in a space, whether it's online or in a room and I like, okay, let's just get in our bodies. And so I guide them like through a somatic descent to get into their bodies and just to feel their bodies and to come into their like animalistic and their desire and their sensuality and, and, you know, their full senses everything changes everything changes and she becomes this like oh juicy yum right and she she's like recognizing in herself holy fuck this is amazing and then you put that in front of a partner it's magic because her femininity naturally inspires him to be more masculine to like fuck babe I want to make you so safe so you can experience this pleasure all the time you know because her sensuality is medicine for his soul so when he sees her in her flowy goodness he's like "Mm, yeah I want to go and create I want to go and fuck the world with my magic you know um so that's the thing is just like having self-awareness and doing the the things (laughs) That is super helpful. Mm. Like, obviously, very enjoyable and entertaining sort of dialogue to dive into, but really practical. And yeah, that is fucking powerful. It's exactly what I want to get out of you. Before we wrap, I know we've only got a few minutes left, and I'll be really, I, I will get you back on the show because we could just talk yeah. on so many yeah. um, different right. angles around this subject matter. But I touched on it at the start. You do some work with people um, embracing this sexual energy to to leverage it in their careers and in in a world where there's a lot of go-getters men and women alike where there's a lot of budding entrepreneurs Mm. and and people with side hustles and um people just wanted to get shit done you know one of the it's easy to get stuck in our head and go i need to do xyz or i need to do this that and the other to be a quote-unquote successful business person but you know anyone who's gone down that i guess entrepreneurial path knows that 
it's pretty easy to run into like an emotional brick wall and just energetically break down. So just in, in a few minutes and we'll dive into it more deeply another time. What is what does that work look like for you when you connect with people? Are there are there ways to embrace all the stuff we have just been talking about and apply it and relate it to actually like advancing in business and getting shit done and having more energy to see things mm-hmm. see things through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And it's a great question. It's a very different journey, I think, for men and for women who come to me anyway, the kinds of men and women that come to me, the kinds of women who come to me are looking for they're holding the masculine piece or it's funny, I work with such a diverse range of people and this like brings me to. Um, you know, part of the ways in which I coach people into their business is not doing cookie cutter thing, not doing it the way like the methodology that fits everybody is this and this is the old paradigm um, because I don't work in that way. Like it's, it's crazy. All right, let's go into it. The A lot of the women who come to me don't hold the masculine in very high regard and so they have great ideas and they like, you know, just want to like bring people into pleasure and they just want to, you know, I just want to change the world by like getting people back into their heart. And I'm like, babe, that's fucking beautiful. What are we doing about it? Well, the masculine, as we work through these journeys, they don't have a very, um, they might have an unhealthy idea of what the masculine is and that might be that they've worked for a big company and they noticed the boss was a fucking asshole that would just use people to get what he wants and they don't want to be like that and that's their idea of somebody who makes a lot of money and it, it can just be like this huge big roller coaster of why we don't want to be the masculine so what i do is i bring those babes into their masculine in a healthy way. And I do that through, um, yeah, a lot of, like we do a lot of talk therapy to start with. And I call it talk therapy. It's essentially coaching. And then some of the sessions that I do and some of the processes are the somatic descents into their body so they can recognize what what is actually going on, not just this piece up here in the mind, but what's going on in my heart? What's going on in my pussy? Like what does want to birth through me, not just this limiting belief that's keeping me in like, well, I need to do it the way that, you know, Lily does it because that's successful. You know, it's like, no, that's not how we do it. So a lot of, um, and that essentially what I do through my business journeys is I take people through all of the pieces, like the you know conscious marketing and sales and, and, and really finding their essence and being able to, to wrap that up in packages or create programs or, you know, whatever it is. But I think that underlying all of people's inability to create magic, fucking powerful foundational magic with their with their personal brands is the non-wholeness of masculine and feminine energy, right? And the non-awareness of their deep essence. So a man who's in business, this is the kind of men who come to me, they're like really masculine, fucking super babes in, in, in like, you know, people want to work with them. Right. But they just have no fucking systems. They just like, they also are coming from a mind space. Um, they're already making money. So why do we need to change things? But recognizing that they just feel weird and flat and they don't know who they like. Most people that come to see me are like, I don't know who, who I'm marketing to. I don't even know who I am. Like, 
they think they do, but when you ask them the questions, they just have no idea. And so what I bring someone like that, a man, is I bring them their feminine essence. So it's kind of the opposite side of the coin where I like bring them back into their magic so they can go, fuck, like this feels incredible. You know, oh, I, I, I recognize when we're going through that process that like I've been shutting myself down and, and what I really want to do is not coach people from a place of this, this, this. I want to like do it in this way. I want to take people on retreats. I want to like whatever it is. It's it's the magic per person essentially. Um, and the number one step that I find that's like the biggest hurdle for people, sometimes it actually takes people a couple of months to like really land this, which is quite normal because they've never had this in their life. Who am I? Because the kind of people that I work with are building personal brands and like, you know, mini empires, I guess, with – um with, you know, they come to me with the idea that they need to do it like someone else does it, or they need to be selling most, you know, a lot of the people I work with are coaches or sexuality practitioners, and um, they want to do it in a way they've seen modeled. And what's actually real, Liam, is, is like a powerful business. The, the way to make yourself like, or the way to make your business really different from anyone else's is to actually fucking work out how you are different. Like what, what's the energy of you that's like so whatever it is, you know, for yourself, quirky and playful and funny. And it's like, once we sort of pull away the, the walls that are trying to stop you from feeling unsafe, which means being seen by other people and maybe being shunned or shamed, we take those away. We create safety for yourself, make you whole in your feminine and masculine, which is, you know, it's just the tiniest part of this, this business journey. We unshackle that and you become so fully you. Like that's the biggest piece. And people are buying the experience or they're buying you, right? And so if you don't know who you are, if you're not fully being you, people are like, I don't know. But when you become so in your essence, you're just like, I'm me and this is what's important to me and I'm going to polarize and magnetize, you know, like you're going to piss as many people off as you as you bring in. That's what you want because then people come to you and this is like essentially the way my business works people come to you and they're like i don't even know what you fucking do but please take my money like how can we work together like let's do it and i'm like great this is actually what i do does that still feel in alignment and they're like yep yeah, yeah, like take it let's let's go when can we start and that's what you want right that's what you want in your business and that's what happens when you become so in your essence like so authentic and that comes back to everything that you talk about through i think your podcast is like you know becoming you and this like mm. deep self um confidence and self-awareness and self-discovery like this is stuff we access through creating a business as well it's stuff we access through creating a relationship through creating a business like so many places we can find ourselves mm. oh fuck that is <laughs> that is some juicy stuff. I've, i think i'm i think i've done maybe 70 or 80 episodes now so we're pumping through them and that is probably my favorite ending to an episode like i said i reckon you could riff for hours but We'll get you back on for, for another conversation. But, um, yeah, you know, whether it's building a personal brand, building a traditional company, whether it's, you know, diving into a relationship and trying to grow, whatever it is, or the reason to do something is to feel good, right? And if you're lacking that energy that you just touched on so nicely there, it's like, what's the point? But if you can connect to that, whew, it um, just brings back the juice of life that so many of us are craving. So, uh, yeah. Bailey, it was fucking awesome to uh, to chat with you. <laughs> How can people connect with you? Where do we find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook just as Lily. I 
I, I've changed all of this over recently. So L-E space L-I-I, because you have to have a first name and a last name. Essentially, I'm just like Lily. So I'm just like Beyonce, Madonna. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on Instagram, it's Lily underscore Lux is kind of where I'm at at the moment. And um, we're changing over. We're changing over all of the websites, et cetera, et cetera. But just, just find me on social. That's pretty much where people reside these days, I think. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you carving out the time. Lots of stuff in there and look forward to chatting more next time. Amazing. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for having me. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the support you guys are showing to this platform. If you got some value from this episode, if you enjoyed it, please do share it on your socials with friends and family. Really helps grow the channel uh, and the mission and everything we're trying to do here with Braintainment. So spread the love. I would be forever grateful. And of course, if you got some real insights from this episode, hit me up, find me on social, shoot me a message. I'd love to engage and have a chat with you guys. So that's it for now. Until the next episode, thanks again.